questions, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Eric the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And J-Mac and Sweet Victory are on tap to help us navigate the show. And uh, we really do appreciate them. I I would like to get around to phone calls. I would tell you, this is sort of like a show map. Uh, in this first segment, I'm going to talk to you about something that is not even new to us anymore now. We just are used to um, watching what at one time some people might argue this and and that's fine i'd show up for that argument but some people might argue that disney disney was once a trusted um outlet uh that's fine but i think most people would have argued that disney was trusted that you could watch videos with your kids watch movies with your kids you could visit a theme park with your kids and for once you could step into this playful um type of reality i don't know where (laughs) where employees become cast members i mean Mm. how great is that was how great was that uh but anyway um look that's a delusion now and i want to say something and i usually man i i sometimes get so upset with myself because i'm always trying to be measured like i'm trying Mm. to be careful Mm -hmm. and 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 i don't know if it's like part fear of man or if it's just really taking care you know, to make sure that the words I express are not sensational or hyperbolic. I, I don't know which one it is, uh, but we're going to learn today. All right. <laughs> so so here's the thing, because how long do you sit back and you watch something happening and and then you just try to find nice ways to communicate the urgency to people mm. all the while you're losing, right. all the while you're losing. Right. It's like it's like a building on fire it's like a a building on fire and you're like just i don't want to disrupt people's days though you know what i mean it's like i just and and so then you rack your brain you're like what's the what's the best way for me to say fire like i I don't want to be like shrill Mm. Mm -hmm. i don't want to yell i don't want to be emotional um but there's a way that you alert people that there's a fire you know what I mean? Like there's a way. Yeah. And like in the simplest of terms, you just yell fire. Yeah. And everyone knows what that means. Right. And so when we try to find all of these new ways to soften that alert or to soften that siren, then we just fail at even alerting people like mm-hmm. we just because people don't think it's urgent. You know, like if I just tap you on the shoulder and it's excuse me, I just I'm sorry, don't take this the wrong way. And I want you to be offended. And I know you probably got a lot of work in front of you, but um, there's a fire back over there. Like a person might be like, oh, what, really? And like, they might get up. But but you might also question it for a second. Like, okay, but if there's really a fire, would you say it to me like that? Right. Like if there's really a fire, would you say it to me like that? Because it just, it just doesn't have the type of urgency that like yelling fire hysterically running through flailing your arms does. <laughs> right? You get the pic- I mean, that yeah, just is yeah. different to me. So what I'm saying is that Disney is the enemy of families. There it is. Yeah. Disney is the enemy of families. 
And probably for a long time now, Disney has positioned itself slowly but surely as the enemy of families. And now Disney is saying, you know what? We don't have to hide it anymore. JPEG already said, JPEG already said that they were going to make better strides toward being inclusive and really celebrating what they call the LGBTQIA plus community. So all you had to do was wait. It's just a matter of time before we start to see this manifested. Mm -hmm. And so now here is what Disney is doing. So Disney has a film that is coming out uh, at the near the end of this month, I, I guess next week, next week, this film, Strange World, um, that features Disney's first homosexual lead animated character. And and I'm going to put a period there to continue into the next sentence because I could just run this all as a run on. Okay. But, but the character is not only Disney's first homosexual lead animated character, first homosexual lead animated character. That is a teenager. First homosexual lead animated character. That is also as they call biracial. (laughs) Okay. So just checking all the boxes, you know, right. Just, just making sure that you hit all of the woke requirements. Okay. And what's the best way to present guys, listen to me. I, again, I'm telling you, I too often think you want to be careful, but again, not really sure why. And so, um, so sick of it. Okay. But what's the best way? What's the best way to get into people's like families and to get into people's minds and hearts, right? To like, to, to cover the, the, um, the poison with something that you, that you want to celebrate. Mm that you want to celebrate. Okay, so so for some people, for some people that's going to be quote unquote, now that's the kind of diversity that I can get behind. Look, it's a black woman married to a white man raising a mixed child. See, I like that. I like that, right? Because we all have our little idols. Mm-hmm. Okay, we all have the little things that we feel like we need to see happening in culture that we're like, see, I can live here. Mm. <laughs> this is, I can, I can make this place home. Never, ever recommended that we try to do that. Right. It's never prescribed in scripture that we try to make this place home. In fact, the apostle Peter went to great lengths to say that you're aliens and sojourners. He, he actually said <laughs> that you are resident aliens mm-hmm. in this world, not in America. Please, guys, let's think bigger. Right. He actually the apostle Peter said that you are resident aliens in the world. This is not your home. Now, you've got an extended stay here. OK. For however the however long the Lord gives you, but this is not your home. And so what Disney is doing is Disney is reminding you that this is not your culture. Mm. This this world is not your home. This is not your culture. And so, but to kind of soften the blow as they introduce the first homosexual leading character, they also want to make him half black. Okay. And his mom is played by Gabrielle Union. I wonder how she got that gig. Could it be that she has a so-called transgender child <laughs> under her roof? Could it be that that that's because remember their talks with Disney. Remember now now look, they want to say that Dwayne Wade that his wife is crazy when she said that it was already made mention that there might be some Disney endorsements or sponsorships or something like this making money off of the confused mm. boy. But now here we have Gabrielle Union has a role in a Disney movie that's out this year. But you know what, guys, that's just a coincidence. Okay. Mm. There's no Disney did not come calling for Gabrielle Union because she has a child under her roof that falls into this community. That's not what happened. And if you make that connection, 
you're a bigot and you're crazy. Mm. Okay. If you make that connection, how hateful can you possibly be? So here is the new movie. It's called Strange World. It's about a family of explorers, which you think, how can you like, you know, <laughs> you really don't have to mess that up. Right. Okay. You want to, you want to take people into a fanciful world of exploration. Like, okay, then just do that. But um, no, that's not what we want to do. We want to indoctrinate people. We, we want to pull on people's emotions and their heartstrings. And also we want to almost like a battering ram. We want to force people to see what they don't want to see. Mm. Thinking about that one lady when Disney was being busted pretty much that was like, yeah, I have my hands all into all the, the different characters. You know, she was like proud that she was uh, a part of, you know, changing this stuff and having more homosexual characters. Committed. And stuff like, yeah. She, I wonder if she had anything to do with this one. Cause she was very proud of, of her position in at Disney. And if she I remember correctly, and no one could stop me. Yeah. If I remember correctly, yeah. like no yeah. one, no one, but, but here's she feel the thing. Like she's a trailblazer. Let me say this though. And, and because less people think that Disney is being pulled by the hair to do this. This is, this, this is, it's all a part of it. Okay, like Disney is willingly doing this. No one is forcing Disney. I I don't even see the sense in trying to to compel Disney to do better because this is right. their better. This is what they This want. is their definition of success and progress. Right? So the character, and let me let me just say something here and we may have to we're going to pause in the second segment because we're going to talk Operation Christmas Child. Now that's a great expenditure of your time. That's right. Okay? Right? Not going to see this film. Which I'm not even I'm not even deluded enough to believe that this is going to sound the alarm. There's still going to be people, still going to be people who are going to go see this right. because Disney, because Man. because entertainment is an idol, and I can't give that up. Mm. And I and I and I mourn for those people. I mourn for those people. I really really do. Like I'm just like ah, you. They're just think that you just have to love that much. Okay, let me say this real quick. So the the main character, the teenager in the movie who is also the homosexual male uh, character in it, um, is played by a stand-up comedian uh, named Jabuki Young White. Jabuki Young White. And about four years ago, he actually came out as a homosexual in a stand-up comedy routine when he was featured on the Jimmy Fallon show. So he came out not only to the world, but also to his parents. That's how he did it, in a stand-up routine. Hmm. Okay? So Disney says, yeah, we want him. We want him. <laughs> Three years ago, and guys, this should grieve you. This should grieve you. Three years ago, he did a Comedy Central routine. And I'm, I, please excuse me that I have to even allude to this. If you've got kids listening, probably not right now. Okay. But I want you to know that this is the one, this is the hand-picked character that Disney went after. There was a time where if you didn't have a clean reputation, you couldn't be in a Disney movie. Whether or not you were, it was live action or animated or otherwise, you, you had to be clean, right? So three years ago, this homosexual character, okay, did a stand-up routine where he talked about being educated in a Catholic school. And he goes on talking about how, the, you know, so that means that I don't know anything about sex. And he says, but, but I will tell you, often he goes in the chapels, I'm looking at Jesus and he's looking really good to me. Mm. He's mocking Jesus. Wow. And then he stretches his arms out. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mocking Jesus on the cross. This is the young man that they put in the lead in this character, this homosexual man. Wow. Okay? Disney did this. 
And here's what here's what Disney is saying to American families, certainly American families. Here's what Disney is saying. But you're still going to watch it. Hmm. You're, you're still going to watch it. I know we got about a minute before we go to the break. But this character, Jabuki Young White, was interviewed. This young man was interviewed by Variety magazine and asked about the impact of this moment and how this feels. Okay, this is what it sounded like. Here we go. You're playing a queer character, a very out queer character, in a Disney animated movie. You get that phone call. What goes through your mind? I mean, I wish that they had said it staccato like that. I feel like I would have probably been more excited. But uh, I still was, I, I was speechless. It, it was really exciting. I had an opportunity to voice um, Mabita on Baymax, and that was a lot of fun. And even just when that came out, seeing people's reactions to it, we had already been working on this project, but I don't think it really hits you until it's out in the world and, it, and you see how much it means to people. Like, kids are going to be watching the young queer kids, and I, and I will say this over and over again, that will save lives. Your character will save lives. That's, um, I mean, that's beautiful to think about. It, it, it's like bigger than I am, and it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. You understand what Disney is doing? Disney is saving lives. Trevor Project would be so proud. <laughs> Dis what Disney is doing by featuring a homosexual young man as a teenager who flirts on screen like there's a way that you know like you because you I mean it's not just like he's not you know there's a way that you know it has to be obvious and yet subtle and it has to be organic and and for her part Gabrielle Union is just like why do people keep asking about what we are normalizing she goes you can't normalize what is normal you can't wow. in other words why why is this a conversation Man. you know she say jabuki young white like i mean you know this is just a natural reflection he says a quote a normal reflection of our reality <laughs> and indeed that is what disney is telling you this is a normal reflection of our reality and when you go see it and when you subject your kids to it you are telling your kids also this is a normal reflection of our reality mm. This is this is an okay world for you to both explore and accept. So look, I'm not it's it, you may think it's easy for me, but there was a, there was a tough time when we yanked the plug on all things Disney. Yeah. Um, but I just wonder how many attacks like how how often do you have to be smacked across the face? You know what I mean? Before yeah. you're just like, OK, that's enough of that. Right. I, I don't know. Anyway, Aaron the Addison's American <laughs> Family Radio. We'll take the break and we'll be right back. Addison's on American Family Radio. Boy, it's so difficult, I, I would say, sometimes to make a transition. But this is let's let's turn our attention to an eternal focus here. Let's turn mm -hmm. our attention to impacting children 
with the message of the gospel that's turned to impacting the lives of children all around the world, children that we may never meet, many yeah. of us, um, but we have an opportunity to touch their life and to open the door for the gospel. I'm talking Operation Christmas Child. Um, this is something that we participate in every year. Mm-hmm and have for a number of years. Uh, joining us now to talk about National Collection Week is OCC National Spokesperson Irina Creek. Irina, how are you? Doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much. Now, this is the first time that I'm talking to you. I've talked to other representatives. Um, tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself. Well, I, I live in Boone, North Carolina today, and I'm a mom of two boys, my husband uh, teaches here at App State University, uh, but I was actually born in a country that used to be part of the Soviet Union, and I come from very humble upbringing. We were very poor. My parents were alcoholics, hmm. and um, we, we really suffered. I remember my mom coming home one day with just an onion for us to eat, and we were ecstatic because we have been so hungry, oh. and we finally had something to eat. So we didn't cook it. We just She just passed the layers around, and we ate. Um, but a lot of times, my parents were not home. Um, they would be passed out drunk on the side of the road or um, just serving their time in, in jail um, because of the alcohol, That would the way it would affect them to make mm. bad choices. And so that uh, led me to go into an orphanage system when I was about four and a half years old and my sister was about six. Oh, wow. wow. Tell, tell us, you know, I think sometimes um, we have sort of, we have an imagination. We have a way that we can try to picture uh, what a person's suffering might have been like, but can you paint a picture for us as, as to what it would have looked like to um, basically because of addiction, be abandoned by your parents and then, for you and your sister to be relocated to an orphanage, what what was your life like? Well, <clears throat> I remember longing for my parents' attention, um, and they seemed to always be preoccupied. Uh, I remember pretending that I would fall asleep just so mom would have to pick me up mm. just to move me, um, but it was so that she could hold me. Mm. Um, and I just remember wanting them so much. And when my mom disappeared, um, I remember that night very clearly. We waited and waited for her to come back that day. She said she would be back. But my sister was looking out to the window and it was dark and she was looking far and she had tears in her eyes. And I said, why are you crying? You know, it was unsettling for me to see her cry. And she said, I just have this feeling that we'll never see our mom again. And actually, since that night, we never did see her. And to this day, we don't know what happened to her. Wow. But, of course, I still had that hope that one day she'll show up. Um, when we were taken to the orphanage, I remember feeling excited, actually, because I was going to see new places. And that might just be my personality. I just look forward to change and mm-hmm. something new. And, and I was looking for, <coughs> excuse me, looking forward to... <coughs> I was looking forward to meeting other children mm-hmm. and having relationships with them and playing with them. But it was so hard because they were afraid to, to do anything um, outside of what the teachers had said, because we would be abused if we were um, in trouble for, for something. Uh, sometimes 
it was just so severe for no good reason. I mean, I remember going to the bathroom with, without permission, and the teacher grabbed me by my hair and mm. threw me against the wall, and she would just begin to beat me on my legs with mm. the sticks that were meant for the firewood in front wow. of everyone. So it was shameful, and it was discouraging. And one night, I remember laying there in my bed, and the way it felt for me was I felt like I was surrounded by people, and yet I felt all alone, and I had nobody I could talk to. Nobody who could make a difference for me. And I thought to myself, I don't even want to start another day. And at that very moment, a miracle happened. And this was before I knew God. Mm -hmm. And yet he knew me. He knew what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. And so he spoke straight into my heart. Now, I didn't hear it audibly, but it was so loud and clear that I remember it to this day. I was told, you are too focused on your problem that you're experiencing today. And it's like you forgot that you have already overcome so many problems in the past and you don't even care about them or think about them anymore because they're in your past. Hmm. This situation too will pass. Hmm. So don't waste your energy. And so I thought, wow, why have I not noticed this before that all things come, you know, away eventually? And so why am I feeling like this is like so, so big? where it's just going to be a memory one day. And so the Lord counseled me further and let me know to, instead of focus on the problem of today, look forward to a bright future. And that was the seed that I needed in my heart to overcome and endure the difficulties of my childhood until the day came when I finally heard the gospel. Okay, let's that that is incredible to me. And let's let's talk about that because you actually in this orphanage, you did receive a shoebox. Am I am I remember reading that correctly? Yes, ma'am. I sure did. I was 10 years old already at this point. I was transferred to a different orphanage where I began school. And uh, in this orphanage, I realized that my parents are not coming for me. Dad kept writing letters. Uh, he went in and out of prison, and he just couldn't get a hang of his life, although he made a lot of um, promises, and he just had a hard time. My mom was never found, and so I realized that I am an orphan, and I had to accept it. So mm -hmm. I started to just um, live there in a way that, you know, I just accepted my fate, basically. And I thrived there, really. Uh, we had lots of needs, of course, but we were not abused in the second orphanage, and the great thing was that this particular orphanage opened up their doors to ministries like Operation Christmas Child. When my country was open, this was in 2000, uh, it was an opportunity, and they said yes. And so we were recipients of shoeboxes that year, and that was a glorious year, the highlight of my childhood, and that was the turning point of my life. Because when I was given that box full of things that were exciting, that was the moment that I was shared um, uh, about the good news, mm. the good news about salvation. And uh, my orphanage did a great job with education. They did a great job with teaching us about self-discipline and things like that. But they didn't address our spiritual life. Mm -hmm. And so this was my moment to recognize I have a problem, a spiritual problem. And there is a solution. And so just in one swoop, I learned about it, um, what my problem was, and how to resolve it uh, through Jesus Christ. Amen. They said that we all carry a bag full of burdens, and in the bag there are things that we have done wrong 
and we still feel bad for them because they were wrong. And things like maybe somebody had, who have done for, to us that were wrong and the, the bitterness and resentment we feel, we carry that everywhere we go and maybe fear of the future. Whatever it is, we all carry things and we need to be set free. And Jesus is the way out, they said. And so I accepted Christ into my life and I began to pray to him. And you know what? One day the Lord revealed himself to me just in my heart uh, as the God of adoption. That's how I began to address him. And then he let me know that one day I will be adopted um, to a family in America and that my sister and I will be able to stay together. And that's Mm. exactly what happened. So that's why I'm here speaking this English language today, living in America, and because God is faithful. He used that small seed of Operation Christmas Child Shoebox, that simple message that Jesus cares about you today, tomorrow, and always. Mm. And I believed. And so today I live a transformed life Mm -hmm. because of Operation Christmas Child and those who are willing to spend their time to share the good news. You know, Irina, that is incredible. I, I think, and, and I would I would put myself in this category, I, I have to intentionally think about the spiritual impact of packing a shoebox because it can become something that, and I'm sure as, as you are aware, even as I think this year you guys are slated to hit your 200 millionth shoebox, so that's a lot of yeah. shoeboxes <laughs> over the years. Um, but for many people... It can become something that, well, we just do this. We do this every year. Mm-hmm. But what I'm hearing from you that I think is so vital to the believer to understand is that there is a spiritual impact when we talk about packing these shoe boxes and shipping them overseas, shipping them into countries where we ourselves would never physically go. So I'm wondering if you could talk about what we may overlook when we talk about even some things that become routine. We pack shoe boxes every year. Help us to recalibrate here and think about the spiritual significance of what we're doing. Well, it, it is huge. And, and really, <clears throat> if you take a look at so many people that um, we read about in the Bible, whether they were righteous or not, their simple actions have a lot of um, results that are in the spirit. You know, like, for example, Moses, when he took that simple staff, Ordinary staff, just like men had in his day, but he threw it in faith in the Almighty God. It became mm-hmm. a source for a miracle. But he simply just obeyed. Mm-hmm. You know, he just threw it down. There's nothing great about that, but he did it in obedience, and that's what produced a miracle through that action. And so when we pack shoeboxes in obedience, when our heart is stirred, if you're listening right now, your heart is stirred. Obey, simply obey. And you may not know for a long time what the results are of this fruit um, from your action, but it will be fruitful because God does nothing in vain. He leads us um, purposefully. He is a great and mighty king. There is no one like our God. So we have a great honor and pleasure to serve him, knowing that whatever we invest, in our time, our money, our resources, our prayers, they will be fruitful and they will multiply. And Amen. so it is uh, a tremendous blessing. And you know what? When just a couple summers ago, my husband and I were privileged to go back to my home country. Mm-hmm. And now it's close to the gospel. 
So we just went and visited uh, our friends in, in my orphanage, and it was a wonderful time. And that Saturday night, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, where are you going to church tomorrow? And it would startle me because I was thinking, well, can we still do that? Our church is open. It's a, the country is, you know, very hostile to Christianity. Well, it turns out you can. I just Googled and found a church that my heart was leading me to. So we drove there, and it was about an hour and a half away from my orphanage. And um, God stirred my heart there to walk towards a specific man. And I did. And we uh, started a conversation. He's been going to that church for many, many years. Um, and when he asked me where I'm from, I told him about my city where the orphanage is. He said he's been there some 20 years ago uh, to do ministry. And turns out he was the very same man who was in charge of the distribution from the shoeboxes that <laughs> I received. That's wow. wild. <laughs> that yes, is wild. Said, it's uh, incredible. Only our yeah. God can do that. Right. And he, he has been going there all along. He said during the hard times to share the gospel when the country was so hostile to Christianity and yet it was open to share, but they were so poor and they couldn't really uh, minister to people. And he said, and then the American church called. They said they had thousands of boxes for us to hand out as a ministry tool to our people. He said he felt so supported wow. and loved by the American brothers and sisters. They gave him aid to be able to go and share the message that has been so hard to share. And I was among the those that year that received that gospel message. So I'm so thankful for the need and that we are able to fulfill it in Jesus' name. Amen. And yes, it will be fruitful. Amen. Amen. I just got to tell you, Irina, I'm I'm so struck by um, the level of familiarity, and I mean this in the respectful way that you have with the Lord and the sensitivity to be led by him. Those of us who are the sons of God, we are led by the spirit of God. And Amen. it's amazing that mm -hmm. when a person truly knows the Lord, that it is not um, jolting or uncommon for us to speak of being led by him, to really have a sense that his spirit is leading us. And it definitely sounds that you've had many of those uh, encounters. I want to give the logistics to our listeners to make sure that everyone un understands that this is National Collection Week, November 14th through the 21st. There are over 4,000 drop-off locations all across this country. Irina, can you remind us of the logistics of packing a shoebox? Yeah, you can just take a, a, a shoebox. There's some in Hobby Lobby or some just a shoebox-sized box. Um, that you can use and just fill it with hygiene items, school supplies, and toys. And we always um, like to add a wow item, just that thing that the child will say wow about, like um, <clears throat> like a doll or uh, a ball, soccer ball for a child with a pump. And I always like to put a picture of my family with a note because the kids who got their boxes in my orphanage loved that the most because it gave them a connection with somebody from the outside, not only from the outside of the orphanage, but outside of their country. Yes. And you know what? God made us to be people of relationship. And so that is a very, very important part is to add a note and tell them about the hope that you have in Christ. What has mm -hmm. he done in your life? Encourage them. They'll keep that note forever. And if you want to hear from the child, you can leave your email address and maybe mm -hmm. they'll write you. Many people have yes. received something back. But if you have any questions, please go to our website, samaritanspurse.org 
slash OCC. You can even pack a shoebox online. If you yes. are shut in at home, yes. pack online. It is great fun. We did it this year with Very my good. son. And he said, like, so many times. This Let is me just so jump fun. in, Irina. This break is going to grab us. We'll be right back after this. Stay close. It's airing the Addisons on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. You know, sometimes I can I can find a, a nice a nice on ramp to 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 say, hey, we're coming to a break, and then other times I just can't. And so the break grabs us. And Irina Creek is our guest. She is a national spokesperson for Operation Christmas Child. And before we let Irina go, I want to make sure that we get the ending of what she was beginning to share as we careened careened into the break. You were talking about being able to pack shoe boxes online, which our family, we have done that in the past. We've packed actual physical shoe boxes and we've done it online. Um, but you were about to share a story about uh, one of your children as you were packing boxes online. Am I right about that? That's right. I was packing uh, together with my son, Peter. He's five. And we've always packed physical items, of course. And we did that this year as well. But um and he wanted to try doing it online, and he mm-hmm. had the best time. And he said so many times, Mom, this is so fun. Can I yeah. build another? And that's we right. just kept making boxes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, uh, yeah, it was fun. We added our picture, like always, and wrote a note. And so it's um, just as special. There are lots of high-quality items that went in there, so I'm quite happy with it. So I just want to encourage you guys, if you want to pack a shoebox online, go for it. Thank you so much, Irina. I really appreciate you um, sharing your testimony and also encouraging our listeners. I don't know if you can fully appreciate just some of the things that we may not plan to share or plan to talk about. The Lord really uses those things to encourage the body. And I just have a sense that Mm. you've done that today. So I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. And I also want to remind our listeners that if they lack any information or if they want to make sure that they reinforce, um, I guess, their recollection of what can go inside a shoebox. They can go to SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC. That's SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC. National Collection Week is November 14th through the 21st. And uh, the 200th, the the 200 millionth shoebox Hmm. will be packed this year. Wow. Uh, I heard Franklin Graham say it could be yours. I don't know. Like, I mean, that's that's pretty cool to think about. It could be mine. Yeah, it could be yours. Will the great. It could be. I don't know. We don't know. Anyway, but what an incredible opportunity we have to be a part of that. Irina, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. God bless you. God bless you. All right. Operation Christmas Child. You can go to SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC. SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC. I'm going to do something that's kind of a strange transition here. Um, but I, I want to queue up the phone lines and just getting back to what we were talking about in the first segment and talking about Disney's wicked attack on the family and mm. this unapologetic attack. Um, I'm curious to know the thoughts of some of our listeners. Like as you as you see this happening, when I, when I say, OK, Disney has now rolled out its first um, homosexual character that is a teenager that is biracial, as they call it, biracial, um, in a movie, in a feature film. Like, <laughs> is is that is an animated, feature animated film? Is that something that you just feel like, well, you know, we live in a culture that's 
depraved and they're just going to do what or or like I guess what I'm asking this is what I'm asking really just flatly do we have a limit you know what I'm saying like do we have a point where we say okay that that is it I mean I know for some of us the that is it happened a long time ago right like that was it Uh, I'm just wondering you know where we are now here's the number 888-589-8840 888-589-8840. You can call. I just want to hear your thoughts on this. I just just want to know what you're thinking. Does it matter to you that not only is Disney attempting to check all of the boxes at the expense of your children, but even the the one time there was, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to misremember this, Will the Great. Okay, I I don't want to have this this thought Mm -hmm. that, you know, is just inaccurate. So I'm going to, I'm going to call on you here to help me remember. (laughs) Wasn't there a time Mm -hmm. that if you were doing a kid's movie, Mm -hmm. you had to be a certain type of actor. Like you had to be like a clean actor. And wasn't there a time where you could be dropped from a movie role, an animated movie role, if there was something that came out like Mm -hmm. that you in other words, if you would make the studio look bad or if there would be a backlash because you were in the position of that role. Do I remember that right? Or has it always no. been, no, they just cast whoever they want? No, no, I think that I think you're right about that. I think there has been more of a, like, you know, vetting and you had to have this certain standard. You know, now I'm not saying all those actors were, you know, above reproach. And, right. You know, but there was a, there was a definite standard, you know, and if you crossed the line, you would would have been dropped. Like I'm, I'm just thinking about, and I know we're talking about like Disney and the children's thing, but I remember that time, that time when uh, Ellen DeGeneres like lost her. Do you remember that show because right. of coming out and you know? So this is this is um, something that they have pushed and pushed and pushed the jamming, the all this stuff that they've yes, done. That's right. And now you know you have this. Now we have this, and I think. You asked the question about is there a limit? I, I, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping that we're not so uh, entrenched in, in in a love for uh, you know organization like this that we're like we just can't we just not, can't not go see things. Mm-hmm. I, I would hope that's not the, the the case. You know. You know, and I think about it, and just to even go further because there's so much more to this than just this homosexual character being featured, um, targeting teenagers, and this belief that you're doing something noble, that you are, quote unquote, going to be saving lives by normalizing what we now know to be associated with so much trauma, um, just, and and I'll leave it there, but so much trauma in many different ways, okay, Mm -hmm. we now know this to be true, but at the same time, this person, um, Jabuki Young White is his name, this person is irreverent in a wild way like you know i just think disney when looking for a character it's not just that they were looking for a homosexual character but they were looking for a character that checks all the boxes and i'm going to include one of those boxes as um hatred of the lord yeah (laughs) and and irreverent a a lack of (laughs) blasphemous Uh, right uh. like just and i just think how do you not how do you not care? Yeah. I guess you just don't care. Yeah. That's how you not, you, you just don't care. Right. And so anyway, but that's, I don't know. It, it bothers me. It bothers well, me tremendously. I think there could be an attitude of, well, you know, these are non-believers and they're doing what non-believers do, you know, uh, and I understand that. 
And I think that is uh, true. Um, but I think there has to also be on our part, well, we don't have to watch what the non-believers are doing, you yeah. know, and, and be entertained by it. So I think it's a choice based upon, you know, um, every everyone's liberty. At, but at the same time, it's like, man, it, it kind of shows you where we are when there's such a, a stronghold there. Like, it can't be broken. You know, it's like, no, I got to go see this because I just love this. And it's, I'm so nostalgic. So I, I go see all of that man, we have to question. Yeah, you know, that. it's troubling to me, and I'll say this, and then I'll go to the phone lines. Okay, all right, because look, I've already said, not careful today. It's <laughs> troubling to me that a person's defense for you know going to consume something that is portrayed by a person who is openly hostile to Christ, who has mocked Christ, mm-hmm. who and and at the same time is depicting a lifestyle. That is abhorrent. That is contrary to scripture. It's troubling to me that a person would justify that, um, you know, with like, I have liberty. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, yep. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah, that's troubling I, I to me that like in exchange for like, I've been set free. Therefore, I can... You, you know what I mean? Right, Do, no, I don't know. I, okay, I and uh, good. Look, I'm not trying to. I'm I'm not <laughs> trying to bind anyone's conscience. You yeah. answer to God alone. Um, but I am I am trying to just stand next to you and just be like, hey, look at that. Yeah. Hey, what do you think about that? All right. To the phone lines we go. 888-589-8840. Where are we headed? All right. Let's go to Rob in Arkansas. Hi, Rob. Can we say the word indoctrination? Come on. <laughs> yes. yes. We can yes. say the word indoctrination. Yes. So a couple months ago, we were on the subject about Disney. You guys had talked about it on one of your programs, and I had told you guys that pretty soon they were going to lose the innocence of, of the episodes of Star Wars. It didn't matter where it comes from. Hey, hey, Rob, Rob, you're breaking up. Rob, Rob are you traveling? We we are we're losing. I am traveling. I'm a truck driver. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you were cutting out. Let's try it again. I can hear you better now. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. okay. So I, uh, you know, a couple months ago we talked about uh, Disney once again, and I told you how we might be losing the innocence of Star Wars, what it used to be when we were kids, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it has happened because there is a new series out that I've watched uh, already, and. Uh, it's uh, called Star Wars, The uh, Story of Andor. There is a couple in there that are characters of a lesbian couple. Mm-hmm. And what what upsets me about this is I can't even let my young kids watch this, and they love Star Wars so much mm. that I can't let them watch this because in God's eyes, this is the wrong way to do it. Yeah. Absolutely. You're no right. question. Absolutely right. Listen, and Rob, and, and, and the way you started out was perfect. This is indoctrination. Right. Right? Like the idea, and I wish that people understood this, the idea is not just to normalize this for your eye gates, Right. The idea is to normalize this in your affections, mm. to normalize this in your heart, right? Which is, again, why I often go back that we need the breastplate of righteousness so that our heart does not mislead us. But mm. indeed, the attempt is if you keep this in front of people, yeah. then their sentiment begins to change. The yeah. way they feel about this begins to change. So it's not just see it a lot, see it a lot, see it a lot. It is that. But it is at the root of it. It's see it a lot. And eventually love it mm. and eventually celebrate it and eventually just keep quiet about it because this is the way life is. And so I think when you recognize that now our children are being like forcefully targeted here, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. There's just something outrageous to me about that. Will the Great, where do we go next? 
All right, let's go to Mark in Virginia. Hi, Mark. Hello, Addisons. Hello. Uh, I just wanted to say that I uh, am a, a really a, a, a Disney fan, but this uh, stuff is very disappointing to me, and I, I, uh, I don't support it. Mm. Yeah, no, Mark, look, I, I think if, if people are honest, and thank you so much thank for your you, comments, Mark. I appreciate it. I think if people are honest that there are so many people who, whether they are like the, you know, I wear the T-shirts kind of fans, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there are so many people who are Disney fans. Some of us are Disney fans because we grew up watching Disney. Mm -hmm. um, some of us are Disney fans because our kids have consumed it. And so through their eyes, you're like, oh, that's so fun. Like that's it's cool to see our kids pretend. Well, you know, back in the day when pretending was a thing. <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, if a kid says he's a dinosaur, you probably would like go and take him <laughs> down to the clinic for dinosaur transition because we all of our feelings are reality. Oh, but back in the day when you pretended, okay, I think so many of us were endeared to this this company that was able to kind of capture that, you know. And I I think it's for many of us it's just a loss. Mm. But this is going to sound counterintuitive, but it's a worthy loss. Yeah. Like it's okay. Yeah. You know okay. what I mean? You, you, we don't. And I think of our brother, Jerry, who was on with you yesterday, by the way, which I think you guys had a great conversation. Yes. Um, but I think of our brother, Jerry, who made this point. He's like, man, why is it that we just can't imagine not being entertained? <laughs> and that stings when you, when you ask yeah. that question, it's almost like you kind of want to fold your arms and be like, Jerry, I don't have to be entertained. And, but then you're just like, but what are we going to do this Friday for real? Though? You know what I mean? Right. It's like I, right. I don't have to be entertained, but at the same time I do. And what I'm suggesting here is that at least as it pertains to Disney, don't love them that much. Mm. Like don't love them at the risk of your children. Don't love them at the risk of your own heart and your own affections and your own ability to discern what is right and what is wrong. That's that's bottom line. Well, the great. Where do we go next? All right, let's go to Mary in Arkansas. Hi, Mary. Hey, how you doing? Good. Hello. Um, you're absolutely right. They did drop people when they didn't do, they weren't clean. And I'm going to say from looking at the um, American Family Network, one million moms. They've got a bunch of things out there right now. Yes. Um, not only did uh, this animated thing, they hit Star Wars, and they've also got Marvel. And they're going to mm -hmm. be doing a transgender the One Million Moms has a way where they've actually been fighting it. Yes. Yeah. And people don't know. You, you, you need to tell people, and you need to be wise in how you do it. I don't know either. I have to ask God to help me with that. But even Nickelodeon, when mm. everything mm -hmm. started in 2020, Hallmark was already doing that, and Nickelodeon. And people aren't watching what the kids are watching, mm. and they don't know. So, wow. Yeah, you are absolutely right, Mary. And and let me just say, shout out to Monica Cole. In fact, because the other yeah. night, uh, Will the Great, you told me about this first. And I was like, uh, you know, I didn't, you know, okay, whatever. I thought it was something that was maybe in the works because I quit Disney. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I kind of, I'm like, you know, but certainly you go to onemillionmoms.com if you get the alerts as I do. This is the most recent call to action. Another one of the calls to action is the fact that Disney has hired a drag star for their new Marvel superhero series, which is what our sister Mary was just referring to. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a no brainer now. It's I, like, I come just, on, man. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I do know. <laughs> I do know. 
And by the way, let me say to our brother who listens, when I say I don't know, it does not mean I do not know. <laughs> All right? It's called a filler to express <laughs> a lack of words, yeah. which also emphasizes the point that I'm making. Do you understand? When a person says I'm speechless, they're not literally speechless. <laughs> All right, we're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.